I, too, am one of man's latest and greatest means of communication. Smart one. Were Huey, Dewey, and Louie nephews of Donald Duck? Yes. Smart kid. Let's take a quick spin around Communicore. I think you're going to like the place. High School Musical Who says we have to let it go It's the best part we've ever known Step into the future But hold on to Welcome back to Disney Marvels for a week of August 25th, 2019. This is episode 54. Disney Marvels, the show about Disney, Marvels, Lucasfilm, Muppets, Pixar, Fox, the parks, and much, much more. If it has to do with Disney, it's fair game. I'm your host, Matthew Graken. Just remember, whenever you're planning your next Disney Parks vacation, cruise vacation, destinations by Disney vacation, or you just don't know where to start, do what I do. Contact the wonderful people at Destinations with Character Travel, the official travel partner of Disney Marvels podcast. Email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com or visit their website www.destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them you heard about them on the Disney Marvel Podcast. And now, for the news. The NBA experience a one-of-a-kind environment where guests of all ages can enter the world of professional basketball officially opened its doors August 12th at Disney Springs at Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. In collaboration with the NBA, Disney Imagineers developed NBA experience as one-of-a-kind environment packed with 13 interactive elements and hands-on activities across 44,000 square feet of two floors, giving fans a chance to feel like their favorite NBA superstar. Walt Disney Resort also announced it will serve as the official host for the 2022-2022 Special Olympics USA Games, which will take place at the ESPN Wild World Sports Complex from June 5th through the 11th of 2022. For fans of Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, it appears that this year you can gain access to every single party, uh, party night for a fixed price. The new uh, party pass will give access to most party nights, excluding the October 31st, which is Halloween night. Pricing is $299 plus tax for ages 10 and above, $284 plus tax for ages 3 through 9. It should soon be it should be available for purchase at uh, guest services or any ticket window, but not currently online. If you already have your event tickets, you can modify your tickets to a Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party Pass by calling 407-939-4295 for information or visit any theme park ticket window or contact your travel agents. Star Wars Galaxy Edge will open its doors to guests at Disney's Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World Resort on August 29, 2019. The park will hold an official dedication ceremony in the new land the day before on August 28th. At um, You can view this. This will be streamed online at Disney Parks Live. YouTube, check Disney Marvel's Facebook and Twitter accounts. Details continue to be revealed about the upcoming Star Wars uh, Galactic Cruiser, the new Star Wars-themed hotel just outside Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World. It will be a fully immersive two-night vacation experiences. 
experience. Guests will cruise the galaxy in style aboard the Halcyon, Halicon, a star cruiser known throughout the galaxy for its impeccable service, exotic destinations. Onboard, get uh, they will stay. Guests will stay in a well-appointed cabin. Experience onboard dining. Make a planet-side uh, excursion to Black Spire Outpost on Batu and much more. Throughout the journey, guests will be invited to de uh, delve in deeper into their personal adventures by participating in onboard activities, interacting with characters, crew, other passengers they meet, and becoming part of the action aboard the Star Wars saga. D23 members can sign up currently for Disney Plus and save. Starting now through September 2nd, be part of the Founder Circle and enjoy a 33% discount for the first three years of your Disney Plus service. It comes to about $140 uh, that you have to pay upfront, I believe. In related news, Tuesday, August 27th, the D23 website crashed because of all the people signing up for Disney Plus. We'll be back after these messages. Hi, everyone. Before we get started, I just want to do a little uh, header here, a little um, kind of a footnote in some ways, to the episode that I decided to split this episode into two parts. We ran long talking about it, and there's just so much information, nothing I wanted to cut out. So I, I did split this episode into two segments. So this week you're getting part one of the discussion about San Diego Comic-Con and D23, all the announcements that came out, or a lot of the announcements. Maybe we missed a few. But this is part one. Next week, you will get part two. So make sure, hit that subscribe button, so that way you know whenever the next uh, segment drops. And now, on with the show. Once upon a time in Toontown, there was Captain Patty Paul. Fortune and fame, top of the game, up until it hit the wall. So just this month, we've had not only San Diego Comic-Con, but D23, where both Marvel and Disney have announced at both venues tons, and I mean hours worth of conversation material. So to help me cover this hours worth of conversation material, I brought out our good friend Isaac, who not only is a master Jedi, but a Marvel superhero in disguise. Isn't that correct, Isaac? Uh, yes. Um, I, the Master Jedi, I wouldn't say too much. I still think I'm in Padawan te territory. Well, I, I didn't yeah. say which side of the, the Force you were on. I know. Which side of the Schwartz, even. The Schwartz. Uh, I, I like to say I'm an Ewok, a very nice general Ewok. But, uh, but, but superhero, I am. Uh, excellent, superhero. excellent. Yes, we know this. Um, <laughs> it explains the tights that you're wearing. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of tights, I, I'm, this did not happen at either San Diego Comic-Con or D23, but I definitely think we need to bring up uh, I want two things I want to bring up uh, as precursors to this. Um, first of all, as many people will know, Sony and Disney have decided to split on Spider-Man. So where this leaves Spider-Man at the moment as a Sony property exclusively as far as movies go and spider-man will no longer show up in the mcu additionally what that means is sony has contracted tom holland 
for two more movies, which they said they're going forward for. Um, and Tom Holland himself has even said that he is. Uh, he's kind of alluded that, you know, he will be doing these movies. Um, it's not like the other past two times that Sony has kind of decided to, um, even though they contracted uh, Tommy McGuire and then Andrew Garfield for additional movies, and then they backed out of their contracts. Tom Holland seems to be going forward with it. Um, he says it's just going to be a different type of Spider-Man. Um, you shared with me you have a very uh, interesting direction on this, and please tell me what what are your thoughts of Sony and um, Disney not playing nice with each other in the sandbox, as it were. Yeah, so, I mean, like, right now, I mean, it's basically kind of old news right now, but basically for people that don't really know exactly what happened. Now, um, a couple of years back, uh, as you know, was a deal that was, there was a deal that was striked between both Disney and Sony uh, about being able to share the rights, the IP, basically IP is Spider-Man. So the idea was that, uh, so so uh, within that deal, it uh, was Disney be able to re, uh, reacquire uh, Spider-Man to join join the MCU. Um, what would basically happen is simply this: um, uh, that Disney during the contract negotiations would get a five percent dollar gross off first dollar gross off the box office. So they basically would make it's a and now people don't know that I've heard it's a, it's a tactic that a lot of actors use and, and it, to kind of better on themselves in the case of a movie does well. Um, mm-hmm. um, major act couple actors have used that to see it. So if, if it does well on the first say week of the box office, they make bank off that. They get that five percent gross off that bank uh, off off that topic. So this is a tactic that Disney use on top of that, um, people have to remember that Disney also controls the rights of the merchandising. So right. they basically own 100% of the merchandising. Uh, Sony doesn't get a taste of that. Um, while right. besides Sony, basically went 95.5%. So basically, Sony basically um, produced both uh, Spider-Man films, which was um, Homecoming and Far Away From Home, all under Sony's, all, all under Sony budget. Uh, with the production, with basically Kevin Feige overlooking Sony's production to make sure that everything translates well into Marvel Universe. Um, now, honestly, while that was happening, uh, not only did Sony didn't see any money of the of the merchandising or uh, get much of money through the box office gross, um, they they also didn't get any kind of money from Spider Man being in the other ensemble movies, uh, uh, a la. Uh, Captain America: Civil War, Civil and War, game, um, Infinity War, and Endgame. Exactly. Those are the big three movies that Spider-Man hasn't been. So, um, so basically, you know, and you have to understand. We have to remember, uh, Disney was okay with this deal when it was first announced. They said they loved. They they said that they loved uh, the contract and the dealings, and it seemed like everything was good. I think everybody's good now. A couple of days later when that news broke it appeared that uh, you know everything now that you know spider-man hit the billion dollar mark uh sony uh didn't i'm sorry disney decided to go back to the negotiating table with uh sony but well there was a reason why they did correct yeah so the, the issue was that that they wanted to get instead of having five percent of the dollar gross they basically kind of like wanted a 10 
not only did they wanted more money up front from the first dollar gross, they wanted to not they wanted to go 50-50 on the next two Spider-Man films. So basically both sides would have um, would put in both money to produce both films. Um, so basically, yeah, 50% of the cost, but also 50% of the risk. But knowing how these Disney movies, MCU movies have been doing, there's really no risk in doing that business. Yeah. However, the problem with the deal that I had come from Disney is not only that they wanted 50% on the both Spider-Man movies, they also wanted to be 50-50 on every Spider-Man related project that Sony was working on. So basically mm. that truly would not, not mean Spider-Man. That also be the upcoming Venom movie, the sequel to the Venom movie from uh, Tom Hardy that right. did I mean over a hundred million for Sony would be would Sony would be on. Um, I don't know anything about Morbius at the moment. I think that's been done. I think the script's been working on but the next Spider-Verse animation film they would want money on. So any right, Spider-Verse and the, the Gwen spinoff. Correct. Any Spider-Man related project spinoff, Disney wanted in. And, and I uh, did not read anything about that one. Yeah. That part of it. I know that Disney wanted to go 50-50 on the uh, the production of the Spider of the um, Tom Holland movie productions themselves. Correct. Um, I didn't hear anything about the others, you know, the, any other um, IPs involved in that field altogether. And, and and I think that was kind of why everybody was a little shocked. So, so and, and there was a lot of bit of, about uh, a lot of misinformation that was thrown around the Twitter wars, which got me so ballistic when mm. I because trust me, as as a fan, like I was siding with Disney on this. Like everybody came into the assumption that um, that Sony would back out of this deal because listen, Sony really didn't get gain out of it gain anything out of it but no one really thought to think about what would disney do in this situation so yeah. when when disney came up with that deal i think it was also reported again this is all right from the deadline i should have mentioned this, this is all right from the deadline report this is the first people to break that out but even there's news that that maybe disney or sony me had leaked that information to get out to the public uh, so uh so that being said, going back to the original deal, I think Sony went back to 70-30 on the deal, but then Disney just, with my hardcore stone, it, it's either 50-50 or we're out. So basically, Sony just basically didn't really answer back, and that basically kind of where we stand. So you have to understand where, where everything's going for. You have to also remember, Disney still has that, would still have that 5% dollar gross along with the merchandising and on top of the 50% ownership of not only the both two Spider-Man movies moving forward, but every Spider-Man-related project they would get on. So basically, they would control a really good chunk of the Spider-Man IP, which Disney tried to do, and Sony could never make that deal. And, you know, Sony could never take that deal, because like if you take that deal, um, someone would have been fired at Sony. So I understand that Sony had to sit down and back out of the deal. It it was just it was un, it was just a crazy over the top deal that I feel like Disney knew that Sony would never accept it. And it's kind of crazy why you would why Disney would do that because they're a very smart company. Look at everything they've mm. done. It's really strange you would make a deal like that because they knew that they would never accept it. So, but I mean that's kind of where, where we are at the moment right now. So as as, as it stands. Uh, Spider-Man is is officially back with Sony. Sony moving forward. So, 
Yeah, so, which makes things interesting. Okay, how we left off uh, Far From Home, it's like, okay, how are you now going to continue the story arc from there? Um, I personally don't think we've heard the last of this. I, I, I think this will may come up a few more times. Um, we may not know of that, but I, I, I think the channels probably aren't completely closed um, it's Hollywood, you know, these things change on a dime. So we shall see. Um, the, I, the report I read and um, sent out to everybody on the, the uh, social media streams was from um, Variety. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, because they did mention, from what I understand, the deadline did mention that Tom Holland was optioned for two more movies and Correct. they're pursuing that option. Yeah. Um, because a few other sources were saying that. Spider-Man is dead. They're going to be rebooting it altogether. Tom Holland is done. Tom Holland is not done. No. Um, Sony is opting, you know, looking forward to doing t- at least two more movies with him. Before the next, yep. Uh, well, at least after the two movies, then they'll be able, uh, then Tom Holland will be able to renegotiate with a new contract. Correct. Which goes back again on Disney's part and why they would like, again, they had two more movies left together. So it's kind of weird for them. But no, no. That that contract is with Sony, not with Disney. Yes. No, no. But you have to understand, like, within the original contract. Was two movies. Was, was, was yeah, was two movies. And again, was. Which a, was far, far from home and homecoming. So yeah. that's why the negotiations had I, to start up. I think it was altogether all four movies. No, I think it was altogether all four movies I think they had with it. But they Which cut means, out But two. it was four movies, then that Civil War and no, uh, the Infinity no, Wars. No, because, no because, again, Civil War is. These are for just the standalone, not for the ensemble. Okay. Like, anything ensemble is Disney. Where they went to when they where they were together was just simply the Spider Man standalone. So within the standalone contract, it's together all four movies within the contract. The, the deal was that okay, Spider Man can be in a couple of MCU because MCU is his own different thing. Uh, it's yeah. his own different production team. Sony handled all of the uh, the main production parts. So within that, so that so basically they really had four movies together as a joint partnership. Which again, which is weird that Disney. After two standalone films would come back to negotiating table, and I understand because Spider-Man made a ton of money for made a ton of money for everybody that's involved. And I talk just, about, well, yeah, because it was not only did it, you know, Spider-Man: Far From Home um, make a billion dollars. The last movie that Sony had that came close to that was Skyfall. Yeah, and that was even close. So this was Sony's biggest movie to date. Right. Any movie, any IP, any movie that Sony has ever put out. That's right. That, that was their biggest movie. And it, you could say it's the, the biggest Spider-Man movie to date as well. Yes. Since yes, then, it was. Spider-Man movie has made around the seven to 900 million mark, which is still good, but nowhere near what uh, Far From Home made. Which is understandable. I mean, granted, I, I think that... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mysterio carried most of that movie, but uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. But that besides the point. Um, yeah, the uh, that's what I'm saying. I I don't think this is done yet. I don't think we've heard the last of 
this discussion. Um, and hopefully, for the sake of everybody, that the, the two companies decide to sit down at the campfire and work things out. Because it's really in everyone's best interest to, that things keep moving forward how they were these past two movies. I, and I and I totally agree with you. Like again, like for us fans who are diehard MCU fans, um, yeah, I mean it sucks for the fans because the fans suffer when two big billion dollar companies can't seem to get along or they're fighting over custody of <laughs> of their of their child. But yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, like in in my honest opinion, I, I do totally agree. I think the channels will still, I, even with all this happening. Um, there, there have been reports that they they might strike a deal. I think we may. The only thing is, I don't expect a deal to happen this year. I think it might have to be like two years down the road, where they may come back to the table and they may want to talk about it. Because uh, as we're going to sit down and talk, uh, Kevin Feige has a ton of things on his plate right now that he has to run, or that Spider Man just doesn't really fit into the equation at the moment. So uh, even with the cliffhanger that happened. Um, I it, it's kind of it, it's weird to say that this kind of it is the best time to kind of have this break because mm. just how that cliffhanger ha- uh, happened. Just because I know like a lot of people are saying, oh, but but he but, but what happened to this? He got he got exposed and and all this stuff. But if you kind of really think about Spider Man's involved into the MCU, his only big relationship was only to, to- was only was Tony Stark. He really didn't really talk with anybody else outside of Tony Stark. So if you're gonna have kind of this uh breakup, <laughs> maybe this is a perfect time to do it within this film because then Sony can kind of take the ball from that story and do their own thing. And maybe two years down the road once Kevin Feige has done those other films, maybe they can come back to the table and reintroduce Spider Man that way. The but then we, we we don't know. We're we're just hoping at this point. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, we, we have a number of uh, Marvel-related things to talk about, but the one thing we have to keep in mind is none of this stuff is ever set in stone. Even when it is, it isn't. Yes, um, The other thing I wanted to bring up as the kind of the precursor, which dropped today, was the new Star Wars, uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, they're calling it a behind-the-scenes look or sneak peek, sneak preview from D23. It's, um, tra- it's really, it's a trailer. It's a tra- let's, 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 let's just get the, all the jargon out of the way. It's a trailer. Um, and the, and this, exactly how I put it, um, it gave me uh, the feels at first mm-hmm. and then goosebumps at the, the back half. The first, for anyone who hasn't seen it, First, it's a two-minute trailer. That the first minute and ten seconds is rehashing all the movie, all eight movies that led up to it. Um, which I thought was interesting that it's also in release date order that they do that. Yes. Um, it's not by story order; it's by release date order. So you start off with the um, A New Hope, and then Empire, and Return of the Jedi. Then you go back to Phantom Menace. Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Yep. Then you get uh, Force Awakens and the, the last one. Um, so, and then you get the new stuff, which I, I 
they just give you nice for me it was nice little morsels you really don't get too much you just get nice little you know uh-huh. tease treats you know i mean it's a teaser so it's just you know look at this here and look at this here and look at this here and then they hit you with something at the end so i'm thinking the end is not you know it's not that they would ever mislead you on a trailer you know it misdirect you and give you false information but i'm thinking it's not what they're kind of hoping you think it is yeah i'm thinking it's more like a vision or something like that or yeah you know um kind of like luke had in the the forest of dagobah <laughs> yeah okay that's that's my thinking um, that or someone else out there on um, on the feeds mentioned that it, it was could be a clone that the emperor had dabbled in clones before. We all know the emperor is back. That's not a secret. That's not a spoiler. Yep. Um, that was mentioned. San- no, it wasn't San Diego. It was Star Wars. It was a Star Wars convention that they mentioned that the um, emperor was back and. Uh, He's he's worked with clones before. Why wouldn't he do it again? And and it would make sense within the mythology of Star Wars because, like you said, in the original trilogy they dealt with clones, and through the pre and through the pre uh, preludes, they've dealt with clones before. So we know that would make sense within the trilogy. Um, uh, there's been a lot of theories once this trailer dropped off, and as everybody knows, we're talking about is that last final cut in that trailer with Ray. Basically, we're in a dark cloak and whipping out, uh, which I, I kind of have to say is a not really cool. Like the lightsaber is cool on how it's whipped, I, but the design looks really unpractical because it's kind of weird with the help. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of yeah. like a cool hitch, but it has a like a flip switch help. A hitch. It has a hitch, which is weird. It's like if that was the case, they should have just gone with the dark ball design and well, at this point, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, but it, it's it's a it's I just I look at that trailer. It's like it's cool, but it's like that's just so impractical. But anywho, moving moving away from moving that. Moving on from that. Moving to theories, but yeah, a lot of theories is that she could be a clone, um, which would be totally very interesting. How they would have that. Another theory, uh, I I think um, also I feel like fits within the mythology, and I know that a lot of people don't talk about this. Maybe that Ray has a twin sister. And maybe the emperor was hiding her for a little bit. I know that's a little bit more far fetched then, but again, like like I said, in the trilogies, you know, you've had children that, mm-hmm. you know, parents with very important people within the lore of the story. So maybe this happened and they split the kids up for a long period of time, and and you know, we haven't had that for a while. You know, no, it, my well, my theories are just almost. Uh, touches somewhat on the theory that I have about who Ray is yeah. and whose child she is. Um, I think we've seen both her parents um, in the movie and I, 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 I my theory comes from yeah. the old books of who Leia's children are. So that's kind of my take on who Ray may be. Um Something else I know that they they are introducing one or two female. I'm trying to remember the exact number, but I know at least one character um, from the book series is being introduced into this, which is the I think the Mar J character is finally being brought into the movies. 
Um, I'm wondering if they're trying to bring in the sisterhood that they introduced in Star Wars Rebels. Interesting. Um, is it Rebels or is it? Yeah, I think it was Rebels that they introduced the sisterhood. Um, so I, 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 there's a lot of possible directions for this, and that somehow the, I'm thinking this ties into that, but we'll find out in December. I mean, that, that's oh yeah, but. There's also one thing I want to drop out. Even though I mean that's the, the number one talked about thing in that trailer, I think there was a couple scenes before that trailer that was really interesting that I didn't think. Uh, now, if you yeah. remember in the, in, in the trailer where I think it showed like the um, the rebel forces ships come in, and then all of a sudden um, you see the emperor's old uh, emperor fleet that popped in into yeah. the dark. What you have to remember that is not any that's not the new fleet. That's the old ships from the original trilogy film that are hovering around. Yes. So, is it? Are we going to have like a three-way war that might be happening between the Emperor, between Kylo Ren's first what first order? Is it the first order? Yep. First order. And then the, the Empire. Reverse? Could we have a three-way war going on, or? Could like like and and where have those shits been hiding for the longest period of time? Is this like a were they trapped in some time loop or something like that? That all of a sudden these things to magically pop up? Like that's a crazy answer that I need to know about that because those ships are just they don't fit within the con they don't fit within what's happening currently in the time and in, in the Star Wars timeline. No, so, because the, the Force Order's theory of doing stuff is we're going to make everything that the Empire had and just make it bigger. Yeah. Um, again, looting back to the, the books, which they said is not canon anymore, but they are still pulling sources from, <clears throat> is that the uh, the Empire did not go away. When the Empire fell at the end of Return of the Jedi... The Empire itself did not disappear. It became like a shadow corporation and falling into pockets of areas, kind of hiding in areas where um, they still had strength, usually in the Outer Rims and stuff, where they still had loyalties. Um, so for them to still have those ships in mothballs somewhere or still around is not without the realm of possibilities. I mean, remember, the Millennium Falcon is still around. And it was, you know, it's older than most of that fleet. So, you know, again, we shall see. Uh, something else I, th I thought was very cool. Uh, again, you know, everyone talks about the Ray part at the end. Was the battle between Ray and Kylo Ren with the, on that rock with the, the waves crashing around them or whatever that was. That I thought was pretty epic. I, I, don't, not, I don't think it was a rock. I think it was the, the, the old pieces of the... Uh, there's a building of some sort, like the Jedi uh, Temple or something. I think it's the old pieces of the Death Star. I think they're battling on the old pieces of Death Star that washed away. Because, like in the trailer, they go to that part where you see the Death Star crashed in. Yes. All this heck, those waves crashing, and I think that's where they're dueling it. I think that's. I think. And I think again because I think the, the trailer has shown them fighting a couple of times mm. already in in the film or they could be completely red herons and they might have pulled it out just for the sake of the trailer because they've Disney has been known to be doing this lately where they'll put scenes in that more but, in the Marvel but I can't I can understand them doing it in Star Wars too yeah <laughs> so, 
so yeah, I mean, so if, if that's where they're having that battle, I mean, that's gonna be so cool and awesome, man. There's just so, oh my god, there's just so many. Like, like I was excited to go see Star this trip. Like, I, 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 to me as a fan, I've really enjoyed this trilogy. I know everybody said mixed opinions, but I liked it. I liked the, I'm I liked enjoying it. Yeah, I liked it, but but this film looks like I was I like okay, Star Wars. Um, I, I enjoyed it, but I, my my interest level wasn't high. Okay, we're fine for it. But with that happening and all and and now the Empire ships returning, the old school Empire turns. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Like, I really want to see how this finishes up. And and let's not forget, but we got this in the the first trailer. Yeah. Lando's back. Oh yeah, Lando. Billy. Oh. Give me some Billy D. Williams any day. Williams, man, he's back, dude. Billy D. Williams, man, and he ate, he looks like the man has not aged, and he's just no. I know from the uh, Galaxy's Edge opening, he's not walking quite as well as he used to be, oh, but he, he's he looks great. He just you know to have him back, I just ah, oh. I and, I always enjoyed Lando, and and you know what's funny? Like a couple of like the first when when they announced the the new trilogy. I, I remember that Billy Ray Williams tried to start a petition to get him back into the film. So, yes, he stands, they, they actually put him back in the film because he was, he really was a central, important character in the original trilogy. And and clearly, as you see in the in the prelude to Solo, uh, a Star Wars story, which wasn't that great of a film, and when they introduced... It was alright, it was enjoyable. It was, was alright, but... I, I could have done without it, personally. That did, but that's just me. Um, but um, but when they introduce uh, Donald uh, Donald Glover as mm. uh, uh, Lando Carvisio, so he he does play as such a central role within the Star Wars lore. And, yeah. And no, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see all that. Oh, yes. and uh, I think what uh, C3PO got his uh, got his uh, other glowing golden arm back. If you notice and- that. In- Red eyes. Yeah, and no red eyes. Yeah, so in place of the red arm, he got like red eyes, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we shall see what that all means, because a lot of the red stuff is is in symbolization of the, the, the dark side of the Empire, or the First Order. Whoever's being rebelled against at this moment. Um, so, what does that all mean? We shall see. But we shall see. Yes, we should see. But we're also here to talk about Comic-Con. Um, so I, I took a few notes from the Comic-Con, besides all the Marvel stuff, which we'll get to. I want to just hit on a few things first. Um, FX drops a new trailer for the Mayans MC, which is uh, the spinoff for Sons of Anarchy, which is, again, on the FX channel, which is now part of the Disney family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we got that. Um, we which that will be premiering shortly, uh, September third. Se- yep. Second season for that will be coming. We get the mid-season role for Ducktales for the second half of season two and even up into season three. Which uh, I don't know if you've been following the new Ducktales. It, it's basically a the new the new trailer has pretty much made it into a Disney afternoon love fest. The Disney afternoon from the eighties, 
Um, you now have, have you had the spin of Darkwing Duck before, which is how it, uh, the season uh, mid-season cap was, which was I thought brilliant. This is now showing it's building off of that. You have Darkwing in it. You will now also have a Chip and Dale somehow in it. You also get Daisy Duck. You get Goofy. You get um, Kit Cloud Kicker and um, oh, what was the daughter's name from Tailspin? Uh, well, I think you basically covered all of all of them. You just yeah, I mean it's just you get the Saturday morning launch universe. I, I, I'm waiting for the popples to show up in it. I mean, you already—they already referenced gummy bears um, earlier in the, the show. About <laughs> to say because I didn't hear gummy bears. Gummy bears. Yeah, no, gummy, gummy bears actually have already been mentioned. It. Uh, Goslin is also show- Molly. That's it. You have Molly and uh, Kid Cloud Kicker uh, with the um, uh, the airplane. Yep. Uh, yeah. So you, yeah, it, it's just. Like I said, a love fest of the Disney afternoon. This will be starting again in September, and I think already available now on Disney Now, the streaming app. Um, so you, you can check that out. And they're actually, I think, doing like a, a week long, or they're doing several episodes in the you know back to back because we're in the week. So definitely, so if you're into the Ducktales, um, the new Ducktales spinoff, check it out. Uh, it just seems like it's going to get even better. Magic is back. It's just going to be basically like Gongold's building up this army. <laughs> uh, the only thing I'm going to, I'm sorry to cut you off. The only yeah. thing I think they forgot to mention is bonkers. Yes. There's no bonkers. There's no gargoyles. No, no gargoyles. Yeah, but gargoyles are, gargoyles is a little bit too much. A little bit more action-packed mature. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it would not fit into... The, uh, it could... But the, not that, not that Rescue Ranger world actually fits into. Yeah. This. Yeah. No. But no bonkers, no quack pack. Well, I mean, you already got Huey, Dewey, and Louie, so you can't really go into quack pack at all. Yeah. Uh, like I said, no popples, no wuzzles, um, marsupialami. So yeah, you're you're missing out on on some. Yeah. But you're getting you're still getting uh, some excellent ones on here. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I have no idea where they're going with this. It just the, what they show you just makes you kind of drool. Um, I <laughs> I think the as the show has been maturing, it's definitely been setting its own pace and kind of standing on its own from its original predecessor. Um, so I I've been enjoying them. I know a lot of other people have been as well, and you know we shall see. But this seems like more good stuff to come. Yep. Um, the let's see what else did they do? Debuted Disney also debuted the trailer for the Owl House. It's another upcoming animated series. Uh, fantasy comedy set in the premise uh, will premiere next year, 2020, following a teenage girl, uh, Luz, who stumbles upon a portal into the demon realm and befriends a rebellious witch, Ida. Uh, which uh, let's see, the premieres. 2020 on the Disney Channel, uh, created exclusively by Dana Terrace of Gravity Falls. The series is in an animated fantasy comedy um, who lives as a teenage girl, and uh, they go to strange magical worlds. And, you know, 
go on from there. So that should be that should be interesting. I I enjoy Gravity Falls. Uh, it, it, it's a take or leave it. You either you know embrace the strangeness of it. Um, it kind of to me it's like a Twin Peaks kind of strangeness. Yeah, I heard. I heard. Uh, um, so if you if you can accept that, you'll you'll love it. If it's too out there for you, then yeah, you're not going to go into get into that. Um, also, kind of sounds a little bit of um, Star and the Forces of Evil. Yeah. Um, another show that they premiered was that you remember the Rocketeer? Oh yes, yes, yes. There's going to be a, a uh, animated animated uh, Rocketeer series and uh-huh, on oh. Disney Junior. Oh, Disney! Oh, is it Disney Junior? Okay. Yeah, it's actually it's a kid show. Uh, tells the story of Kit, a young girl who receives a jetpack for her birthday and becomes the namesake Rocketeer and protects his uh, citizens of Hughesville along with the help of her best friend Tesh, bulldog sidekick Butch. What else would you name a bulldog? Not Daisy. Um, and an airplane mechanic grandfather, Albatross Secord. Uh, aired on Disney Junior later this year. So that's what Disney said during San Diego Comic-Con. Now, as far as Marvel, this is where it's going to get really interesting. Okay. So you get, you kind of knew some of this stuff was coming. Shang-Chi, we knew in theaters, we get a final date, February 12th, 2021. Um, He will be chasing after the real Mandarin and the Ten Rings. Uh, it's being filmed in Australia, yep. uh, which uh, that's going to be on a, in the old Fox. Well, it used to be uh, it was a, um, a uh, soundstage area that they acquired from the in the Fox production. Also, there will be filming in there. I'm going a little out of order here, which comes out actually later in that year. Is the Thor Love and Thunder, which will be in theaters November 5th of 2021. This one we got a lot to talk about. Interesting. Okay. Um, because it is going to be following the Thor Goddess of Thunder th- storyline. And the comic books, yep. Yeah, they they um, somehow got Natalie Portman to play nice, and she came back. Uh, I guess they promised her a hammer, and she said okay. Yeah. I guess uh, that was her asking price. I, I'm, I'm, I was just as shocked as you that they managed to get uh, Natalie Portman to return to the series because I think uh, I, were those just reports where she just didn't want to be like the damsel in distress because I, I which I can understand that like she, yeah. like, she played that in Star Wars so like <laughs> I'm back now like 20 years later playing that same type of role um, so you know it, it's really going to be very interesting that she's going to be brought in as uh as the female thor like you said like again she plays jane foster which and if anybody read the art the comic book art nobody knows who the female thor is until later and then which is revealed that jane so yeah it's going to be very interesting to see how that is uh, moving forward uh, now i wonder if they're going to bring in the the bigger overarching character storyline uh, of Jane Foster from the comic books into this movie, um, which is 
the cancer storyline. You know that that may you know it, it would be a very interesting way to to reintroduce her character again because again like her character has disappeared for within the MCU you hasn't been a part of it for a very long time and we don't know if and it's clearly that you know the both Thor and Jane may have broken up because it clearly Thor has not mentioned Jane at all through. Oh, he, he, they did mention it in um, they mentioned it in Ragnarok. Oh, the brief moment where he's talking to Hulk. Oh, so much has happened since we last. Oh, Jane and I broke up. Well, I left her, and he kind of threw it out that that was the the quick throwaway line from that. Yeah. Um, and they did so, mention her again. Didn't they also bring her up again during Endgame? She was. <sighs> They didn't mention her, but her, they brought up her photo. Of well, they, they, the so she was in it. She was in it. Um, it was repurposed she photo. She but you have to... Re- she, was, she was in it, but that was an old scene from... Yes. Um, from the... From uh, the, Thor Dark World. Dark World. It was, an, it, was a, it was extra footage from Thor Dark World. So that... But it did give her credit. Yes. They 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 uh, credited her for that, even though there was absolutely no speaking line for it, and like, like I said, wasn't even new footage. Yeah. Um. So, I think it would be a perfect introduction to that. You, you could bring a lot of emotion into it. Um. You, I think it would help write a really fantastic story that's beyond just the smash and bash the bad guy type of deal. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I think they can make a very good statement if they they do follow that storyline because um, from the um, how it goes in the comic books is that the power of Thor negates the cancer treatment. Yep. So eventually, she turns into a god, right? So, but a god with cancer. A goddess at the moment. So yeah, like the, the, the cancer is there, but when she's in her Thor like state, it's not. Right, you know, so yeah. So we shall see. Um, I, I uh, kind of very interesting. But again, this, they're filming in Australia, and I think this might have also worked in Chris Helmsworth's best interest because, you know, for him to stay close to his family. Yeah, I mean, he's on the same continent at least. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not flying. You know, have to take him to Georgia or England. Yeah. to produce this movie mm-hmm. um, he could stay close to home which I know is something that he's been wanting to do, kind of hang up the hammer but you know, hey well, if we film this in your own country you know, how about that and I, I'm, I'm sure that worked out for him so they they seem to really try to entice a bunch of the people it's the same director from uh, uh, Ragnarok Yep, uh, uh, which is uh, Takina Watiti Yes, thank you. I, I would, with me butchering names, I definitely will butcher that one. Yes. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping we get uh, Miki Krang in this too. Yeah. This. Uh, you have to include those characters back again. You have to because they were such amazing dollars. They were like the basis of the comedy relief of everything that happened in Ragnarok. They were just and they were just cool characters. They were lovable characters. You had to bring them back, and they made even a small glimpse of a cameo appearance in Endgame. <laughs> I, I loved them in Endgame. Thor, yeah. Thor, oh, the, 
that guy is back on the screen making fun of me again. <laughs> Which is great and funny. Also, oh, it's just fantastic. It, it was fantastic to see them. I was so happy to see them. Uh, yeah. Valkyrie is also coming back. Yes, played by uh, Teresa Thompson. Yep. She uh, will be, apparently, she will be looking for her queen in this one. Yes, which, which, and um, they, they also made it very um, important that her character it has been revealed to be uh, uh, bi in the, the series. Yes. So, uh, because, again, how we left off, she's not the queen of Asgard. She's she's now the king. I think she I think she even called herself the king of Asgard. She yes, I think she, I think you're right. She didn't even call herself, but she's the king of Asgard. So, um, so it is going to be very interesting. And in how could there be like a three lady love triangle between all three of them on how this all kind of works out? Maybe at the end because you may have to again, like again, they made it. A very emphasis that Valkyrie is a bi character. So, yeah. I again, I don't know, but they they really made that to be really important. And the the other thing that they have to they're going to really have to somehow answer is the last time we see Thor is with the Guardians. Yes. So now he goes off on a solo adventure. So we kind of need an answer. Where did that? What happened there? That. I think they mentioned, and I, I may forget. I think they mentioned that this takes place after uh, they they paired up. So apparently, apparently the guard, the guard, the the guards dropped Thor off somewhere before Thor Love and Thunder. That I think was announced at San Diego yeah. was talked about. So, yeah, so we're going to eventually find out, hopefully, that information. Because it sucks, because people thought that, uh, okay, all right, okay, Thor would probably be part of the Guardians and Guardians of the Galaxy 3 before Thor Love uh, Thunder, but that's not going to be the case. So No, no, Guardians 3 is, gonna, is happening after this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious if we're still getting dad body Thor or not. But, yeah. Uh, you know, we shall see, we shall see. Beyond that, we also get um, Black Widow, which comes out in uh, that, is, eight that, months from now, May first, twenty twenty. They released at D twenty three the first movie poster, which is a, a hand drawn movie poster. Yeah, um, it is a prequel of sorts. Yes, yeah, um, so, um, it, it takes place between. So, uh, Civil War, mm-hmm. and, the, um, and then um, Infinity. Infinity War. That's the timeline. So basically, after she goes back to Budapest, uh, where she runs into, um, uh, from, from what I heard, they they shown a clip, which was a like a Jason Bourne esque fight scene between yes. uh, Scarlett Johansson and the woman. Uh, played by Florence Pugh, that was in fighting with my family. Um, she plays the other spy that, which people are assuming, maybe the next uh, um, Black Widow is the like her, what, the Black Widow sisters or Black something Widow like that. Sister, yeah, who would be uh, moving forward um, in the next part of the MCU. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but they said that there was a fight scene between those two that was very Jason Bourne. Yeah, it and, took place in a kitchen. 
Yep. I, I saw a part of it myself. Um, yeah, it takes place in the kitchen. It's pretty intense. Um, I know that the, and you maybe you uh, remember this character's name. It's the the Russian version of uh, Captain America. Uh, was it Red? Uh, the name's not done. I, I, I know what you're talking about, I, and I had it. It just popped off the uh, top. It just escaped me for time. Let me, let's, let's look at that real quick. Black. Something Oscarboff, but he's like the red version of Captain America. Pretty much, yeah. 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 But, uh, which in that film, um, the, uh, he's the Red Guardian. He's That's the red, it. red Guardian. Yeah. Alexei Less uh, Alexei Stuff. I think Alexei Stefkov. Um, yeah, but, uh, played by David Harbour. David Harbour from uh, Stranger Things, yep. Yeah, uh, let's show off uh, yeah, something. I, I put your put your names there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but yeah, he plays he plays the Captain America, which they have maybe the hint that they made that they. One source has said that they were once a love interest between him and Black Black Widow. Uh, another say that he plays more of a father figure to both them when they were time in the red room. So, um, yeah, we're going to totally see where that goes. And um, um, we're going to see Taskmaster, which we don't oh, yeah. Yep, Taskmaster's in it. Yeah, who has a photographic memory, who's able to copy everybody's moves to Thorn fight. And we're going to finally figure out what's up with those Budapest jokes that him and Hawkeye shared um, at the time before Hawkeye. I guess convinced her uh, to join uh, the uh, to join the Avengers. Yeah, um, they, they haven't confirmed or denied that. Um, I know Scarlett Johansson was asked if Jeremy Renner's in the movie playing Hawkeye, and she kind of gave one of those quick glances off stage and like kept her mouth shut but had a big smile on her face. Like I know something and I can't say it. Yeah. So my assumption is yes, Jeremy Renner's in this movie. Scarlett Johansson gave it away, but <laughs> yeah, she did. She she didn't want to be a Tom Holland and just blurt things out. Um, so yeah, that I mean that's I'm looking forward to this movie because I've been hoping for a Black Widow movie for a long time now. Um, since Iron Man two, I've been wanting a Black Iron uh, Black Widow movie. Um, so finally getting that. Um, the more Scarlett Johansson, the better. Yep. Uh, then let's see what we got after that. We after that we got the internals, uh, which at D twenty three they had the entire cast come out and stand in front of their um, pictures of their characters in costume, which looked fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy, uh, and, and there's a lot of. <laughs> A lot of actors, a lot of big name actors. A lot of people on that one, uh, and uh, that comes to us on November sixth of twenty twenty. Yes. And yep. uh, I mean, what's the list here? We got Richard Madison. We got Angelina Jolie. We got uh, Gemma Chan. You got Kit Harrington, Selma Hayek, uh, Kum Kum. I can't pronounce this gentleman's name. Uh, Kumel Najin? Yes. Yeah. Kumal, I think it's Kumal. It was just Kumal, yeah, Kumal Najin and a rap man down so close to the forgotten one. 
Uh, we got Brian T. Henry that's in it, uh, Leah McHugh. Uh, and I think they also mentioned uh, Barry uh, Kogan. Uh, and Lauren Riddle, uh, I think, uh, uh, Lauren uh, Riddle? Yeah. As um, the potential cast, of, and Liam McHugh. Yeah, I think I mentioned Liam McHugh. Yep. Yeah, and uh, Kit Harrington was, I think, just a recent addition, uh, recent yes. announcement uh, to the cast. Uh, yeah, uh, her and, uh, and Gemma, Gemma Chan were the two late announcements. Um, and if you remember, Gemma Chan was also in Captain Marvel. She played one of the uh, the scroll, uh, one of the scroll agents. Yeah, the question is if she was reprising the role or not, but it doesn't look like she is. It's um, it's a different character. Yep. So, that I'm a little upset. I was hoping it would be the same character, but hey, whatever it is, I can't say it can really fault Marvel on any of their casting so far. So. So, yep. Yeah, that that's going to be... That's going to be interesting to see where they go with that because it's the outer space, but it all takes place primarily on Earth. So, um, you know, we shall see if the humans are worthy for them to survive the Eternals. Yep. Uh, my guess is that they kill off the entire world at the end, but mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Yeah. Uh, see, what else did they... This is all from... Primarily, this is all from the San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Uh, as far as movies go, they introduced that Blade will be coming out. Yes. Which played by Marshall Ali, who, uh, if anybody knows, played uh, was in the Green Book and uh, won Academy Award for the uh, for the Green Book, and then won uh, that which was the second one, and then his first one was one uh, playing in Moonlight, uh, playing like uh, an instructor for this uh, black kid. Uh, but no, fantastic actor, fantastic actor. But and if anybody who's a big Marvel fan, um, everybody remembered him playing Cottonmouth in the first season of Luke Cage, uh, which was yes. phenomenal, and which is incredibly phenomenal. And so, uh, yeah, um, I'm excited. For personally, I'm very excited. They they if they're gonna get a caliber actor to play Blade, they could not go wrong with getting a guy like Marshall. Mm-hmm. Like I'm so pumped for that. No, so this is going to bring possibly vampires in some aspect to yep. the MCU. Um, so we, yeah, this is they're really, really expanding on on uh, the MCU here and really pushing it beyond like Iron Man and Thor. The the, the original movies they they played it yeah close to the vest. They kept it, you know. Yeah, these are exceptional characters amongst a very normal world. Yep. Obviously, with everything, you know, Infinity War and uh, Endgame and all that, you've blown past that. I mean, there's nothing considered normal anymore. No. Um, so, at this point, to introduce vampires into the MCU is not a bizarre thing. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's not, but in the same time, it is kind of like I said, it does feel weird because I mean, granted, you're talking about people for the that are from outer space and then people walk around super super soldier serums, and all of a sudden now we're going to introduce uh, uh, basically monsters, which you know, again, the MCU universe has to kind of figure out how to really introduce how do mon how how have monsters exist 
how everything has been going on. Um, uh, and they even down the road, they have to figure out how they got to introduce mutants and how they exist for, you know, while all this has happened. I mean, Kevin Feige has a lot on their plate on me, but yeah, I, I think it's weird. Um, when it, it, it is co constantly weird like that. And um, another thing I want to throw out too is the only thing I am a little bit worried is that um, we may not get uh, a rated R blade, which usually I feel like when these, I feel like the subject matter when it comes to Marvel Knights is usually at its best when it's a little bit more mature. Not to say that they can't pull off a PG-13, which basically now that you're integrating with this MCU, everything unfortunately is going to go into a PG-13 mark because of Bob Iger has made it so. so. Well, but Iger has not... <sighs> As much as he's stuck to that for the time being, yeah. um, he's saying that that's what it's always going to be going forward. And even Feige keeps trying to push the envelope and saying that he is open to R-rated uh, Marvel movies. And the movie that I think Feige is going to try and use as a um, stepping off point to that is... The next movie, which is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, um, which they're pretty much going, hinting at that, yes, this is a horror movie. Yes, this is this is a movie that horror films. You have to say this is a Marvel's take on horror films. Yeah, that you know, you may have nightmares after this movie. <laughs> and uh, it's going to start with WandaVision. Yep. I was going to get into that, the Disney Plus stuff. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of WandaVision is going to lead into this. Um, D23, they released the uh, the poster for that, which... Oh, that was such a good poster. You look at it quickly, it's just like, okay, it's Wanda and Vision sitting on a couch, which looks like something out of the 50s. But you look at the fine details, yep. and it really puts things you start questioning about anything that you see in that picture yeah um you get the the, the background shadow where it doesn't match up with the pictures that you uh, you see of the two of them the tv screen it has her red magic coming out of it part of the thing is in black and white part of it's in color it, it, there's just so much detail hidden in that that there's you just in that in that scene yeah oh dude yeah i'm honestly like i it, it's great and like even going back to you said about the shadow and how it's it, it's the vision it's the vision but when you focus on uh on on our scarlet witch she has her comic book prowl yes out so it it feels like this is where we're gonna start to see her developing to the Scarlet Witch, like because with her when her introdu introduction into the whole MCU, we've only gotten her doing a couple of things, but we really never seen the extent of her power, which is she's one of the most tough, one of the most powerful SOBs in the Marvel universe. So you know the oh, yeah. fact that we're gonna get her, we're gonna really dive into this what seems to gonna be this half. 
um, half comedy, half six, half old school sitcoms, comedy back in the sixties, slash slash maybe psychological bleep up thriller. Yeah, is going to be really intriguing. Like a blind trap type of thing. Yeah, um, it's, know, it's almost it's, like the prisoner. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean they hinted at her powers in Endgame because mm-hmm. you know it, when she took on Thanos, she was going to win. Oh yes, she was. Um, yeah. it, it wasn't for um, the the on strike from the the ship. You know she was going to end that there and then, and <laughs> we were still had Iron Man. We still you know you know everything would have just ended right at that moment. But uh, yeah, so this I we'll really get into that that whole background. You know, they really have been keeping tight lip on what that's all about. Um, other than it leads right into the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, uh, and she's actually going to be in that too, yep. to some extent. Um, and and here's why I say I I honestly think if. If we kind of predict where WandaVision may be going, I think she may be the central baddie for Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness. That's my take, because I feel like within this, in WandaVision, I feel like she's probably, after everything that's happened to her, she's probably created this mental... She's kind of made, created this mental prison for herself, which is probably the 60s sitcom. Right. In her life. And that's what I'm thinking. While yeah. she's working hard to do that, she's messing everything else around her, trying to keep this, trying to keep this, this illusion going. That's going to mess everything around. That's why I feel like Wanda, why Wanda is going to build herself to become the Scarlet Witch and become the bad guy that Doctor Strange might have to battle. Because, because it, it, like I said, there really isn't anybody I can think of Doctor Strange that can. I mean, there are probably people that Doctor Strange could battle, but who could Doctor Strange go up to that could match her like power to power than the Scarlet Witch? Yeah, the, there's um, I forgot. The antagonist is Nightmare, yep. and it, which actually could even tie into the whole 60s. Yeah. Oh, you're right, right. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, and there's even a brief rumor that Namor make make a quick appearance in this movie. Um, so, but yeah, Nightmare is going to be in somehow, so somehow that's probably going to tie it all together. Um, but yeah, the WandaVision is going to be coming out, I think, the month before Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange drops May 7th, 2021. Um, I am just upset that I have to wait another year and a half for this. Yeah. Because I enjoyed the first Doctor Strange Mm -hmm. uh, a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, You know, the character, okay, by the end of it, all right, I'm not completely in love with the character. I love Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, besides his name, fantastic actor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Benedict. Yeah, a guy with the best name in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> but seeing him in Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame, I just fell in love with his character even more. Mm-hmm. Um, 
especially I think the bit his bit in Ragnarok. Yeah. Um, and it just I really, really want to see more of this character now. And you know, I'm glad. I obviously I knew I was we're getting a Doctor Strange too. Uh, multi plus also dealing possibly dealing with more multiverse stuff. Yep. Uh, so looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, Faggy quickly mentioned. Oh well, I didn't get the chance to talk about Guardians Three, Captain Marvel Two, Fantastic Four, or Mutants. He didn't specify the X Men. He just said Mutants. No, I did not. Um, the late. Have you seen the latest reboot for the X Men uh, comic book series? Um, I, I barely, I, I can't really tell off the top of my head. I've seen it. I, I know they're right now. They're dealing with like X. It's weird. I don't, it's like a number of verses though. But uh, yeah, I, I, it, for what I heard, it's good. For what I heard, it's good. I couldn't really tell you off the bat, but I've seen a little bit, but I couldn't tell you any more information off the bat. Yeah. I don't have all the information about it, but what I can tell you is this, is that apparently there is a random island in the Pacific, because where else would there be, that this is where the mutants have gone to live their own life, separate from the humans, and they just kind of live their, you know, it's kind of like a little mutant sanctuary. Interesting. Um, So one of the theories I hear is that this, it could be the kind of setup. Let's put it out in the comic book, see how it plays out, and this is how we could introduce the mutants into the MCU and explain. Well, yes, they, they've always kind of been there, but really, they the majority of them, the superpowered ones, live on this island, um, and then kind of kind of work it in that way. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, that's always a possibility. Uh, uh, I I don't know if I could take to that theory. I, I feel like I, I feel like if if they're going to introduce mutants, it would have to be somehow through the multiverse in some form of way. Like I, I and I understand why I feel like Wanda's character is going to play a big part of it. I feel like. They may take a playbook from the House of M, where Wanda Vesper wiped out half of the mutants. And I think with her going through the multi, uh, uh, the multiverse of madness, I think after they maybe they end up defeating Nightmare, maybe Wanda has a crazy breakdown like she did in the House of M, where she magically brings the mutants into the MCU. Hey. We we shall see. We're not the the yeah. man with the plan. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's the one that's gonna have to figure all this out. I, I mean, he's a he's the reason why he makes a lot of money that he does right now. <laughs> you know, in, in all fairness, he deserves it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with the stuff that they've brought in so far, you you, you can't fault him. No. Uh, besides Spider Man, uh, <laughs> it, but to be honest. How much of that is his fault? Because yeah. he doesn't. Yeah, no. there's lawyers between him and this. Yeah, that. No, no, it's not good. Kim, Kim, Frank, Kim, Frank, It's just doing a thing, man. Yeah. So I think um, D23. We got Black Panther two. Yeah, as of twenty May of twenty twenty two. Let me see if I bring this back up. 
Um, same director, which is fantastic. But yes, it, it is a May uh, release. In May 2022, I believe. That, um, yeah, because originally everyone's saying, okay, they are sticking with the uh, the same February date for you know, Black History Month because it did so well initially in that, uh, that time frame. Let's just stick with it. And uh, no, they, they went ahead and changed it to May because that's actually the bigger, bigger blockbuster area. Yep. And uh, I can only type so fast. May 6, 2022. Yes. May 6, 2022. Yep. And uh, uh, Ryan is coming back to return to direct for it. Which <laughs> don't mess with a good thing. No, you don't. Um, you know, but yeah, from what, what I was watching that band, they really didn't talk much of anything. They just simply, like, they didn't really tease much of anything. They didn't tell us yeah. that. Right? They didn't tell us anything. They just kind of just mentioned that uh, Black Panther 2 is coming. I mean, it's great, but I, kind of disappointed they would at least maybe drop some things, but they really didn't mention anything about that. No. But at this point, in 2022, they probably barely have a script together. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. probably the worst. Um... I'm trying to see any other Marvel movies. Other than no, no. Um, a lot of movies, but I honestly, like really, if you look at um, D, we're on, we're talking we're still talking about we're talking about D23 now, or just kind of so hopping. I'm I'm kind of hopping, but I'm trying to focus <laughs> focus on the Marvel because the next thing I want to hit on is the 800 pound gorilla called Disney Plus. Yes, Disney Plus. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, if you really kind of think about it, this is from SC. Yeah, a lot of it before we mentioned uh, all the other stuff. It was it it half of that honestly was more television driven than movies. If you really yeah. kind of think about that, so you know, uh, you know, they mentioned Falcon. They mentioned Falcon, uh, Captain uh, Falcon, and uh, the Winter Soldier. Uh, again, we talk about WandaVision. Uh, they talked about the Hawkeye series with Jeremy Ritter, which mm-hmm. might do, I think they may introduce Cassandra Cain's character. Or uh, no, I think no. Uh, oh, it's no. Uh, not Cassandra uh, Cain. That's bad. Ooh, that's DC. Oop, wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think uh, Kate Bishop. Uh, Kate, Kate Bishop. Thank you. Kate Kate Bishop was introduced, and then uh, I feel like was there another television series? We mentioned three. Oh, that just well, during uh, San Diego Comic Con, they they did uh, mention Falcon and Winter Soldier. They mentioned WandaVision. They mentioned Loki. They mentioned What If, and Hawkeye. And in Hawkeye, so yes, the Loki series we totally forgot with Tom Hiddleston, um, which is dropping. Um, I think takes place after the events of. Um, uh, it was during Endgame when he disappeared with Tesseract. So it takes place during that time period. Um, and I got an interesting um, rumor that comes out of that, too. That uh, they are trying to sweet-talk Chris Evans to direct and or appear in Loki. Interesting. Interesting. Because what he, think about it, he has to get the Tesseract back somehow. Yeah, I guess. That makes sense. That so, works. yeah, that's all for Disney Plus. Um, you know, 
you got so the uh, so I guess yeah, let's go move into Disney Plus here, and we'll we'll use Marvel as the jumping off point. You get so Falcon and Winter Soldier, which will come out fall twenty twenty. Uh, which is, I have to say I'm looking forward to that series. I and I, they showed the initial poster of it. Looks fantastic. Yep. Uh, I I am really looking forward to it. Uh, Zemo is coming back. He's going to be the primary villain in that. Which it's not a big strong bad. It is a meant you know a guy with a plan. Yeah. Yes. And even more dangerous. Then a bad guy just trying to come in and take over the universe. Now this guy, he's the guy who brought the Avengers down. Yep, mm-hmm. they're bringing they're bringing his character back, which uh, I am totally looking forward to. Yeah, um, uh, I think they also bring in. From what I'm also hearing, uh, Emily Van Camp's coming back to reply uh, reprise her role. Oh, nice! I, I missed her. Yep, she's going to come back to reprise her role as uh, Peggy Carter's uh, niece, I believe. Uh, yes. So, yes, so she's... Agent thir- uh, 13? Agent 13, that is very, very true. Um, also, uh, Daniel Brown, of course, has come back to play uh, Zemo. Uh, yes. Sat down and mentioned. And I think a new character, that's, uh, a new actor that's brought in was uh, Wyatt Russell. Yeah, yeah, he's playing uh, Johnny John Walker. Yeah, not to get you mixed up with Johnny Walker. No, but yeah, I, which I think is AKA US Agent. I believe. Yes. So he he'll be playing US Agent in in the film, which would make a pretty secondary adversary for uh for the Falcon and Winter Soldier to go up against. Yeah, during the whole situation, so. Um, yeah, so I mean that's pretty much what's uh, that was introduced. Uh, I have to admit this is probably other than having you know Anthony Mack and Sebastian Stan to come back because I think these two are like are just amazing together. Like this is this is kind of like a drama slash uh, body cop movie. Yeah, I <laughs> mean Tubicker, which I think is going to be fun. They've had Cap this whole time, kind of being the catalyst between them, and now there's no Cap, so it's just like you know you have to they have to put up with each other. And I, I just, I can see this playing out really well. Yeah. Um, it, it obviously Marvel thinks is going to, because like I said, it's the lead off of the Marvel um, short, short series, whatever their the special series, limited runs, whatever they're calling them this week. Um, yeah. So th- that's going to be something. Um, I saw a pr- picture of the Falcons new duds with the, the more Captain American style. It looks fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I just so much goodness um, coming out of that. And then uh, following that up will be the One Division in 2021 Which in spring. Think. Yep. Uh, on the heels of that, we'll also get the Loki. Uh, which will be Loki time traveling throughout the world at different points in time, um, key points of history or something like that. I think it was. Uh, so, yeah. So I mean, I guess something like Loki's the reason that the Titanic sink or sunk or something like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I just it um, the thing that they pointed out was that this is it's not the Loki from Ragnar uh, from Ragnarok or beginning of Infinity War. Yeah, it is Loki from the end of the Avengers, who hasn't 
experienced the loss of his mother who hasn't you know remorse and um to realize the the wrongs that he's done who is still out there for him yep so he is still the god of mischief mm-hmm. at this point so you know it, it's just more of loki just being bad loki uh, again, Tom Hiddleston is just fantastic in them all. So definitely interesting. You know, looking forward to seeing what kind of mischief he could uh, they come up with for him in that. Uh, you know, especially if it's him popping from time to time and place to place, kind of like a quantum quantum leap, but in reverse. Yeah. Instead of trying to right wrongs, he's creating the wrongs. Yeah, and maybe maybe I don't know what he's doing, but maybe. He, he, I could see him maybe playing a part in maybe setting the uh, setting the course of leading us to Endgame, where he he does one or two things, where maybe it shifts, like everything. Maybe Loki's the type of dude where his antics kind of put people to get put certain things to happen, made things happen within. Uh, the the entire scope of the MCU, and you know they were just not aware of it. He was just playing, being tricked in the back. Oh, Taking the idea of running it, wouldn't it be great if Loki was the reason that the Ten Rings attacked the caravan that Tony Stark was in, that caused him to get the shrapnel on his chest and caused set everything for, moving forward. Yeah, it could happen. I, I, there are ways that they could play around with it because he does have the Tatra's crew just bouncing around different time periods, and no one would know that. Like he could be the reason why the Avengers are formed. Yeah. In the wrong, he's the reason why Nick Fury came up with the Avenger Initiative. Yep. So we shall see, which leads into the. Next thing that comes out, so that was spring of 2021, summer of 2021, you get the animated What If series. And you know what, that that's a series that um, I, in the beginning, wasn't interested in, but until they talk more about it at D23, I am very interested in a, of what they're going to do with it. Um, I think they, they showed a lot of interesting parts where like, uh, they showed the What If uh, uh, Peggy Carter Got the initial it. one out, yep, is yep. with Peggy Carter getting the super so- soldier serum. Yep, and she becomes Captain Britain. She'll become Captain Britain. Yeah, yeah. female Captain Britain. You're f- you're familiar with the comics uh, run, right? Of what uh, if? A little bit, yeah. Not not too well, but I I I know of it. Yeah. I mean, it it really it's it's self explanatory. It's basically what if, and then you just fill in whatever crazy scenario you want. <laughs> I know the What If series. Yeah. Uh, there's, they've, they've done so many of these cool What If series, man. So I'm like really looking forward to them. Yeah, like I think there was one cool one where, where what if uh, Peter Parker was the Punisher, and they showed one was a Spider-Man Punisher, but it's Spider, it's Spider-Man, but he has like the, the skull chest, so uh-huh. it's shooting webs, he's shooting guns and killing. <laughs> so they've done a lot of crazy ones like that. I think they were talking about one series where. Um, what if Chichala was kidnapped by Yondu and brought yeah. to outer space? Does he become the new Star Lord moving around? So it's a lot of these crazy series. And what's really cool about it is that 
a lot of the actors will. It seems like every everybody's from the MCU will be coming to replace. Will come back to play their parts. Which is, you know, as much as I enjoy the voice actors and stuff that they do in the the animated series on Disney XD and and whatnot, um, the fact that we are getting the proper voices uh, behind these characters is yeah. I, just going to add that much more connectivity. Yeah. I mean, it, this is not you know MCU canon. This is like I said, it is what is for those who are not familiar with it. What if series are just that? It's what if fill in the blank, you know, the, the, like the first one um, that they announced is Peggy Carter gets the super soldier serum and Steve Rogers is the guy in the chair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just the, the backup. Um, so we are, you know, just they, and especially since it's animated, it's just going to give them a much better production time on this to be able to give us a lot more yeah. possibility and to be able to you know, do a lot more crazier things. Um, it, it's, it, it's just, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Something to look forward to summer. for summer next year. Mm-hmm. And then in the fall after that, we, as we already mentioned, will be the Hawkeye series. Yep. Uh, where Hawkeye is training Kate Bishop to be the next Hawkeye, basically. Yep. And uh, what's also... Uh, no, I guess continue. I, I think you're going to say what I think in one second. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, she uh, she basically takes over the mantle of Hawkeye um, in the comic book series, and then the um, was it Young Avengers? Yep, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think they are leading, kind of paving the road for that to be kind of where the MCU is heading next. Yep, or a part of the MCU is heading it in the direction of the Young Avengers. Um. So this is just going to be another part of it, uh, and I think it's just going to give Jerry, Jeremy Renner more of a chance to be that stronger um, mentor role, role that he was trying to do that you saw at the beginning of Endgame. He gets um, father. He gets to play as a father slash mentor. Yeah, what and kind of takes up the mantle as a Hawkeye. And I could probably see the father is father daughter dynamic of her maybe not wanting to do in it, but you know you can't stop your daughter from doing it. So I guess a lot of that crazy ensues as his father daughter dynamic. Yeah, I can totally see that. But it's uh, not his daughter. It's, this is a different character altogether. Sure, sorry. Uh, uh, daughter like he's almost right. like yeah. it's maybe the best way to explain it. Uh, yeah. But the the thing is as well as that it's going to. He has to atone for some of his sins from Endgame. Because this is taking place after Endgame. Yep. So and, and his time as Ronin. Correct. Yep. He's carrying with him. Mm-hmm. And we get, and we're going to, during that series, we're going to get a lot of flashbacks as his time as Ronin during that five year period with him just basically, basically going, going. Hey, why nuts? Being unhinged, pretty much. Yeah. They're losing their family through, through the staff. I, you know, I don't think... You don't really understand the role of Hawkeye in the, the MCU as much as you do in the in the comics that he, he is an assassin. That is his the nature of his character. It's just his choice is bow and arrow yep. versus a, a gun. Um, so 
we're in the MCU to see Hawkeye go in that direction is, you know, kind of shocking and just a far off, you know, what the, what's wrong with him. Um, It's really him getting back to the roots of what his character is. Yeah. And, and I, and I kind of like that too, because like, I think people like the MCU kind of really didn't do a lot of injustice to the fact that we're going to get an opportunity to really see him shine as being, like you said, the assassin, because like he's a gifted marksman and almost yeah. a big form of weapon as well as a gifted martial artist was he can, he is capable of using any weapon. He's kind of like, he's a little bit of bullseye where he can make shift anything into a projectile and be good with it. Yeah. Like, they, they really don't, and, and the MCU really didn't harbor that, but hopefully with this series, we really get an opportunity to see who uh, who Clint really is as this badass assassin that's done all this stuff before joining S.H.I.E.L.D. <coughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, let's see here. I think that is it as far as Marvel. Well, that will wrap it up for this week, and stay tuned for next week's episode, which we will pick up right right where we left off, talking about the news from D23 and San Diego Comic-Con. So what do you think is going on with Spider-Man? What is your take on Sony and Disney not playing nice in the sandbox, as it were? Do you think it's a marketing tactic? Do you think it is a negotiation tactic? Do you think it's the real deal? Let us know. Let us know on the socials on Facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's Podcast. Again, that's Facebook.com slash Disney Marvel's Podcast or on the Twitter at Disney Marvel's. Again, the Twitter account is at Disney Marvel's. You can also email the show with your answers or suggestions to Disney Marvel's at gmail.com. Again, the email address is Disney Marvel's at gmail.com or you can leave a voice message through the Anchor app. That's always another option. I'd love to hear from you guys. I love conversing with you guys on the social. D23, San Diego Comic-Con, perfect examples why you want to follow the show on the social networks because I'm constantly sending out the news, the updates, any pictures uh, that they've put out there. Sending them out to you guys so that way you can see and be on top of all the wonderful, great things coming up with Disney. And I want to thank you for your time. I know how little time we all have these days, how crazy our lives are, and how insane it is. Um, and I, it, the fact that you take moments out of your day, either the full episode, part of the episode, and then pick up the episode another day, it means a lot to me. The fact that you've spent any time at all with me, it, it really means a lot. And I truly mean that. I really do appreciate that. Because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this. And I just ask one small last little flavor. If you can go onto iTunes, rate the show. Go wherever you're listening, rate the show. Um, leave a, a com- uh, rating and a review. It just helps more people find out about it. And you know, tell people about it. If you know people that are into, the, into Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, any of the, the Disney stuff, let them know about the show because we cover all the topics. So whatever avenue that you're into, yeah, let them know. It's because the bigger the family, the better it is. And also consider, why don't you just consider becoming a premium subscriber too? Well, first of all, just make sure you subscribe to the show. This way, whenever new episodes post, you know about it. Just make your life a lot easier. And also, like I said, consider becoming a premium subscriber to help the show. Keep the lights on. Keep us going. 
keep it a free show as well, which you're paying for it, but in that case. Uh, but you can do this over at anchor.fm slash disneymarvels slash support. Again, that's anchor.fm slash disneymarvels slash support to become a premium subscriber. Because remember, this show is brought to you by listeners like you. And next time you're planning your vacation, do what I do. Contact Destinations with Character Travel Agency. They're the Disney earmarked agency specialized in Disney cruise lands, resorts, vacations, whatever you need to do. With, with over 50 years of experience, they help people from New York families to the magic makers of Hollywood all over the U.S. People are trusting the travel consultants of Destinations with Character Travel to help plan their magical vacations. So find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation so you can enjoy it yourself. All you need to do is contact them to let the magic begin. The website is www.destinationswithcharacter.com or the email address is info at destinationswithcharacter.com and be sure to tell them that you heard about it on the, on the Disney Marvels podcast. And whatever you're facing out there, whatever darkness, whatever trouble, whatever bleakness, whatever strife you have in your life right now, don't give in. I know it. sometimes things just seem impossible. Sometimes things don't seem like it. At whatever happens will make you get better. But believe me, believe me, they can. Things will get better. Believe in yourself. The strength to overcome adversity and your darkest fears lies within you. Be your own hero. Never give up. Never give in. And you can achieve greatness. Now I'd like to end this show with a quote from Walt Disney. It is a curious thing that the more the world shrinks because of electronic communication, the more limitless becomes the province of the storyteller's entertainer. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.